you are listening to the Booth Podcast, Saskatchewan's home for unfiltered sports analysis, hot takes, and wild, wild conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week one in the CFL and welcome to the booth podcast. We are so ready for some CFL football. As always, I am Rishanthi joined by Davey O'Doyle. How are we feeling? It's week one, Dave. I, it's one of those things, man. Like I said, I think I might've said it last week on the pod. It like surprised me. I was like, Oh yeah, it's week one already. Huh? Like, but I mean, I've been thinking about it this week, right? It's always saucy to have a rider game on the weekend to look forward to. So I'm ready for that. Yeah. When you kind of like, we talked about it on the last pod about how, yeah, the season's starting early June this year. I didn't really think anything of it until I looked at the, the full schedule and there's like five games after Labor Day. I'm like, so Labor Day is a playoff preview. Like, yeah, it's not halfway through the year anymore which makes it that much better yeah absolutely especially for the for the winnipeg sask right 100 percent. and and hamilton toronto that'll be huge at that point in the year too but yes it is week one we do have to wrap up the preseason and the offseason with the final the final cuts and we said before we hopped on and started recording here this was kind of the blandest cut down day in the CFL that we can remember. Yeah. Just nobody anywhere really got cut on the riders side of things. Um, AJ Hendy, Shaq Cooper, kind of your notable names. You can probably throw Blaze Brown into that conversation too of guys who got cut, but that's really it. It really kind of this cut down showed us who, our starters in the secondary were going to be because mm-hmm. I, if you would ask me who's going to be one of our starting halves to for the, for week one, I would have said AJ handy. Yeah. That'd sure. be my guess too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, sorry. Jason Moss has, or uh, what? I'm blanking. Shivers. Shiver. Jason Shivers yeah. has other plans. Go for it. I, said, I, I don't know any more than better. You. He knows better than we do, right? I'll trust him that he knows what's going on this year. Exactly. Uh, yeah, around the league too. I didn't see any notable cuts. Like so, for the last couple of years, there's always like a couple of those like really yeah. solid veteran guys that for some reason don't make the roster and get picked up right away and play good. But like, I don't think there was any this year. There was one. Who was, was there it? one? It was Montreal. They cut Quan Bray. Oh, yeah. Yep. That yeah. was the one. Yeah. One one notable cut, I can think, Quan Bray from Montreal. That That's a big one, I think. He's had a good past few years. So. Yeah. I mean, I you have to trust what they're doing, right? What was he, like the two or three receiver in Montreal? Yeah. yeah I mean, he's pretty solid, though, right? This is... This is kind of the strongest I think I've seen the East Division in a long time that I can remember. 
Yeah, because there was a long time where they were getting by, but it was always one team would win 11 games, right? Yeah. And nobody else would. I think if you transplanted this Montreal team three, four years ago in the East Division, they would have won the East Division for sure. Yeah, because there was this those years, year, like, remember when Toronto won the Grey Cup, they were like 8-8, eight and eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. This year, Montreal's going to get lost in the East Division. Well, we don't know that for certainty, but like there's a good chance. Right? <laughs> that's that's my prediction is they're going to get lost. But yeah, three years ago, this team, no, they yeah they'd be contending, they, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just that's true. The changes by Ottawa in the off season and just the strength that Toronto and Hamilton both showed at the back end of last season. Yeah, this this is going to be a competitive year, and it's really fun to see. I mean, there's those years where the Alouettes were the powerhouse, right? And then once AC left, that that whole like yeah. division just dropped, right? Yes, but that does wrap up the preseason. We're done. Put the offseason behind us. Put the past two years of CFL misfortune behind us because it is CFL game day as we record this on Thursday. It is CFL game day in June. Yep. Holy, it has been so long since we have said those words. I mean, are we gonna are we going to power rankings right now? We're we gonna preview those games. Let's talk about our power rankings quick here. Okay. Yep. Um we don't put a lot of onus on the preseason. Yeah, that's what I wanted to mention, right? Is like you can say what you want about like, oh, but this team won both their games or this bubble blah, blah, man, that doesn't matter. That is, that's nothing, right? The only thing that I saw that maybe would have maybe put a team up just one spot was out of BC. Nathan Rourke looked better than I thought Nathan Rourke would look. And that's, I mean, that's good, and I'm good yeah. for him. But that's not saying a lot when the only team you might move him ahead is the Taylor Cornelius led team, right? That's yeah. not saying a lot for you, right? I I think going back to last Friday, uh, Riders and Lions, those first two or three series when it was starters on starters, both teams looked very good. They yeah. both had moments where they were shining. So I think that bodes well for the season. I think that that's promising. Yeah, I mean, and I hear a lot of stuff that uh, BC starting to get a lot more of their ticket sales up after the new Ooh. ownership group came in, right? So, I mean, that's nothing but good for this league to get a team that was near death, some fans for once, right? Yeah. If you've watched Lions games in the past couple of years, the whole upper deck of BC Place has been tarped off. Yeah. The lower deck for this first game is sold out. And they've had to open up the upper deck now. Oh, good. So, yeah, good. That's good for them, man. Yeah, they are. Especially getting... with especially with how nice Vancouver as a city is to just have no presence there at all, right? right. Ridiculous. Edmonton, too, with their new ownership group, sold. They, they did market it as their stand with Ukraine game, and I think they were giving a lot of the ticket proceeds to um, charities going to Ukraine. But a preseason game versus Calgary, so that helps. I think they sold 32,000 tickets. Good. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Good that's for them. crazy. Good for them. So I think we're going to see Edmonton and BC 
take a big jump in ticket sales. Edmonton is always near the top in ticket sales. It helps that they have a 62,000 seat stadium. So they can get up there. Um, it just looks real empty by the time the team's out of there. I hate to say this as a Ryder fan, but I'm going to say hot take. Edmonton leads the league in ticket sales at the end of the year. Are we talking just ticket sales, not attendance? We'll say attendance. I'm going to say attendance. Edmonton's going to lead the league. It won't be in percentage because, again, they have a 62,000 yeah, yes. so you can't sell that out. But as far as average attendance goes, Edmonton's going to lead the league. I don't, I don't see them beating Winnipeg. I don't know if Winnipeg even is first, but, like, Winnipeg looks pretty packed usually. They do, yeah. I mean, people – Mosaic Stadium is a special place, but, like – when it's in the not a good weather game, those little Ryder fans don't love to come out. Let's be honest. Ryder fans have proved to be fair weather fans over the past few years. We're, we're fickle. We're a fickle bunch. We are. We got the new fancy stadium and everybody was like, oh, I don't have a wooden bench anymore. I'm not going to go if it's raining. <laughs> Great. Awesome. I have modern, like, modern beer running services. I have nice new bathrooms. No, I'm yeah. staying home. I don't have to piss in a trough. I'm, stay, I'm staying home. <laughs> I missed old Taylor Field. I don't like this place very much. Oh. So, yeah, as far as power rankings goes, we're leaving things as they are, so we'll run through it quick. BC at 9, Edmonton at 8, Montreal 7, Ottawa 6, Calgary 5, Toronto 4, Hamilton 3, Saskatchewan 2, and Winnipeg number 1 in the power rankings. I back where those are, but I could easily move Toronto and Hamilton yeah. in one week, and I could easily move BC and Edmonton if one of them really shows out against the other, right? Exactly. I think a, a interesting spots we're going to see this week in games is nine versus eight, BC versus Edmonton. Yeah. Um, we're going to see seven versus five tonight in Calgary and Montreal, right. and we're going to see two versus three in Saskatchewan and Hamilton. Yeah, that's going to tell us real quick how uh, exactly there might be some. There might definitely be some movement come next week. Who's not playing this week? Toronto, Toronto has the bye. Yeah. Okay. I want to go through before we get into our pick'em, and as much as we kind of market ourselves as a CFL podcast, we are a Saskatchewan Rough Riders podcast. We talk yeah. more riders than everything because we are two lifelong rider fans. Nope. So. The wonderful Jamie Nye has tweeted out a projected depth chart for the riders this year. So thank you, Jamie. Um, we would love to have you on the pod if you ever wanted to. I'm already starting it. Personal friend of the show, Jamie Nye. Personal friend of the show, Jamie I, We should send him a DM and we say, you're our friend, bro. Come on our podcast. Come on. We never spoke to him in our lives, but he's our close personal friend. You will give you the honor of coming on. <laughs> the booth podcast if you give us the honor of coming on the green zone i think that's a fair trade <laughs> hey come on help us out here our close friend jamie and i come on um but yeah so we do have a projected depth chart there um we'll kind of run through positions of course at quarterback you have cody fajardo his job was safe <laughs> he didn't have yeah, any competition in the preseason it was cody fajardo's job he played he played more of the second preseason game than I thought he would. I didn't think he'd be in that long. I thought he'd be in a quarter, and he was in almost the full first half. Yeah. Um, 
Mason Fine has won the backup quarterback job. I think everybody believes that it was it wasn't a huge race. I think mine was kind of slotted in there from the start, but somebody could have took his job. Dolagalo will be the third string. The most I won't say most interesting spot we were looking at the preseason, but it was an interesting one was the running back position. Uh, I think a lot of people thought it might be Shaq Cooper. Most people thought it was going to be Jamal Morrow. I think it's going to be more of a committee is what's going to happen here with Jamal Morrow leading the way. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all, honestly, just to see this team evolve itself pretty much out of the run game, but use very select backs where they want to use them in screens in whatever whatever kind of passing game, right? Different guys out into the flats if they can bowl somebody over, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. But probably just a lot more receiving back than we're used to seeing traditionally with, you know, Wes Cates, Corey Sheets, Powell, if we would have used them right on and on. We're used to these these workload backs, right? But I don't think we're going to get that with Jason Moss in this season, right? I'm sorry, Ryder fans who love the run game, you're not getting a thousand yard rusher this season. No, it's just not happening. Know. No, um, I think a seem big reason that Frankie Hickson has made the roster and is slotted as the backup running back was he showed very good pass protection in the preseason and blitz pickup and all that kind of good stuff that when you're a pass heavy team, you need that. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially a team who struggled with the deep ball last year. Right. You need, we have the weapons now, right? We just need yep. time. Yeah, have all the weapons. You got Shaq Evans, you got Duke Williams, you got Kyran Moore and Schaefer Baker. You just got to give Cody Fajardo time. And to see Frankie Hickson just take out a blitzing, free blitzing linebacker by the knees in the first preseason game versus Winnipeg, I felt confident that we're going to hit some deep balls this year. Yeah. So congratulations to those running backs. Jamal Morrow, Frankie Hickson. Of course, Keenan LaFrance always in the mix here in Saskatchewan too. You are, you have won the the rotation. You have got a slot in the rotation. And then I think a position that people are very excited this year about in Saskatchewan is the receiving core. This looks like, this has got to be the best receiving core in the league. I was. I would even go as far as to say this is the best receiving core we've had in a long, long, long time. Yeah. Especially, I mean, those years that we had good receiving cores, I almost, when I think of these guys, I almost think they're more explosive. I don't, we don't know yet if they're better, but I mean, when you talk about Weston Dressler, Todd Smith, Chris gets off like that period of yeah. time, those are good receivers, but I don't think any of those guys are as explosive as Shaq or Shaq and Kyran and Duke, right? I don't think they can hold a candle to that. Yeah. I, looking back, I would say comparative to this, which is not like you said, is kind of 2013 when you had Chris Getzla, Weston Dressler, Rob Bag, Todd Smith, G Roy Simon. Right. But that's, those guys were good. G, of course, G Roy Simon is, one of the best receivers in CFL history. 
Weston Dressler was a dynamic weapon with the Riders, but talk about guys that can take over a game and make a difference. Those weren't really those guys. The guys we have here are definitely those guys. I have seen Shaq Evans take over a game. I've seen Duke Williams take over a game. I've seen Kyron Moore take over a game single-handedly. I mean, I've seen Schaefer Baker take over a game as much as a rookie in his first year. Yeah. Right. Like it's just like, like I said, it's when I think of the potential of this, whether it will pan out or not, we don't know yet, but like this has way more potential than any of those other receiving cores in our lifetime to be like, wow, this team is owning this, right? It's a little bit of the, how, how did we pull this off? How did we pull off having this receiving core? And how is it legal that we have this receiving core? It's yeah, it's interesting now because like I'm <laughs> even when I play like Madden and games like that, I run the ball still. Yeah, I'm such an old school meat and potatoes guy that way. And then now I look at the riders like this, and like the Bengals have Chase and Higgins and Boyd. And I'm sitting here and I was like, oh dude, I have no choice. It's time to get on board. Like you hit those receivers deep. This is the game now, right? I think a lot of people are like, why didn't the riders? spend money on a new running back why didn't they go after andrew harris or kadeem carey or somebody like that a don't need it with that receiving core b can't afford it with that receiving core because we are paying this shaq evans duke williams and kyron moore were all pending free agents so they all got brand new expensive contracts this offseason so if you're wondering why we're going to have a rotation of Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hicks in that running back. That's why. <laughs> I, I guess this is another question I have for you then. Um, be, that first year, that first Cody Fajardo year, that guy was absolute magic. Yeah. And uh, last season, I guess, two years, but yeah, with the COVID year. Last season, he was good, but not great, right? Yeah. Is there an excuse if this year he's good, not great? No, there isn't. Right. I guess Unless that's what I'm, see, that's the one thing I'm not terribly worried about, but I'm a little bit worried about is what if he's not the guy that we paid him the money to be, right? That's a good point. I think the only excuse for Cody Fajardo, if things went completely awry this year, is if it can be pitted on the offensive line. Right. And that's what we were doing last year, though. Injuries yeah. in the O-line, right? That's what we can attribute that for Cody Fajardo because he yeah. did have to run more. He was getting beat. There was no pass game for a couple of those weeks. And I choose to believe that Fajardo is that 2019 Cody Fajardo. But if he turns out not to be, there's not really a reason for this year, right? No. I, yeah, it truly has to be the most egregious offensive line in the league to give him an excuse of why he can't get the all-stars the ball. Right. Has there ever been a, let's just even say West, CFL West All-Star team. Has there been like all the receivers on the All-Star team are from one team? I don't know about the receivers. I know there was a long time where Calgary had like Bo and Cornish and two of their linemen and one of their receivers, but I don't know if all the receivers, right? I think that could change this year. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. This is kind of a good segue talking about the offensive line to segue into the offensive line and preview that. This offensive line gives me more confidence than we had last year. Um, 
a hundred percent. I think you get a guy like Vaughn, who's just like, he was missed last year. A hundred percent. Just what could you do? It was the problem last year was the offensive line. And I think a lot of people wanted us to completely rebuild this offensive line in the off season. I don't think it was needed. I feel like for as well as we did last year, a lot of stuff, offensive yeah. line, receiver, a lot of that stuff is injuries, right? You can't always avoid injuries, but like I feel like that played a bigger part than people will look back and remember it for how well we almost did almost making the Grey Cup game still, right? But that O-line was beat up. Those receivers were beat up. If we can stay healthy this year, it's going to be hard to stop us, oh, especially exactly. with that those Canadian guys anchoring it in the middle and then – Sir Vincent Rogers with his proven record and then Vaughn being very solid on the, at the left tackle spot, right? We're running through the projected starters here. You have Taryn Vaughn at left tackle, Logan Furland at left guard, Dan Clark at center, Evan Johnson at right guard, and Sir Vincent Rogers at right tackle. So you've got some proven American tackles on the outside and a solid saskatchewan base in the middle right and i I mean here's a question i guess i didn't even really think of until probably right now but do you think if this team is doing really well that brandon labat jumps on board i think brandon's done i think he's had his time in the sun and oh it would be i i tend to agree with you but why wouldn't he have retired already then I know that's the big question mark. And I think we've seen it in happen a couple times in, in football is guys just, they won't officially retire. They'll just never play again. They'll just never play again. Right. So they just want to make it a big deal, right? They just don't want to make it a big deal. That kind of feels like how Brendan has showed himself in the league before Yeah, is it's not a big deal. Don't worry about me. I'm not going to, be the flashy guy. I'm just going to kind of sit back and do my thing. Yeah. I I almost agree with you, but there's a part of me that wonders like if Logan Furling goes down and we're in first place with three weeks left, does Brendan Labatch say, huh, man, I, I remember what it felt like to win at old mosaic stadium there. Right. Like I wonder if he comes back, but I said, hopefully we don't even need him and we won't for it. Right. right? Exactly. Hopefully the, the new guard can take over and, will be smooth sailing. Yep. We'll just touch on special teams quick here before we move on to the defense. Nothing really changing from how things left last year. No. Brett Lowther at kicker, Corey Vedvik at punter, and Jorgen Hughes at long snapper. Yeah, I mean, solid punter, but we knew it was coming. So, yeah. Vedvik um, finished the year last year yeah. when John Ryan was injured. And yeah. I believe he didn't play. I think he played at least six regular season games, maybe. I want to say that back half of the year is at least like, I remember probably three or four for sure. But I, like I said, that's not, you don't usually remember like, hey, remember how many games yeah. our, our backup punter was exactly. in, right? So it's hard to say. But but I I remember him, yes. Yes, Vedvik did lead the league in punt average last year. So that's good to have. Yeah. You got to yeah. want a guy with a big leg. It's like, hopefully we don't need to use them, but it's nice to kick out of trouble if you need it, right? Exactly. Moving on to Davey O'Doyle's favorite, the defense. 
And this defense looks good this year. I'm excited for this defense, especially the front seven. So we will start with the defensive line. You've got uh, AC Leonard at end. I, what, what, what bad can you say? You, you said this before we started the podcast, but what bad can you say about AC Leonard? AC Leonard, for some unknown reason, and I can't even explain why, this like back, this tight end that moved to like defensive end, I was always just like, man, he's not as good as people think he is. Like that dude's about to drop off. I don't know why. There's no reason for it. And then last year he popped off so big, and I, I just have no excuse anymore. AC Leonard is a really solid defensive end, and he's going to tear it up for the Riders this year. That's it. Nothing yeah. else. What can you say? He. He should have been an all-star. He maybe should have got some award nods. Of course, he didn't because he did have a PED suspension and a suspension for harassing the the drug testing officials. So right, yeah, yeah. That was put behind him. He missed what three games? Yeah, I think so. And still led the league in sacks. So yeah, I think AC Leonard is gonna just. Keep on keeping on. Have a good year. Hopefully, the year that you're saying AC Leonard it's going to have a good year is not the year that AC Leonard has a bad year. <laughs> yeah, the, the reverse effect. Yeah, exactly. If AC Leonard literally tears his ACL the first play from scrimmage, that one's on me, dog. Well, yeah, well, the booth will take that one. Uh, on the other end, we have returning – to Saskatchewan, Charleston Hughes as the starter in that spot. I like it. I love having him back. We shouldn't have let him go. It just doesn't make sense that he, we let him leave for that year, right? Like, who is more productive in the last nine years of CFL football at the end spot than Charleston Hughes, right? Consistently. Right. There isn't anybody. The guy's unbelievable. Um. Of course, he is getting up there in age. His snaps won't – he won't be playing every snap of the game. So listed behind him, and I think this is another guy you can just slide in. He had a really good preseason, Pete Robertson. Yep. Um, did have a good season when he got in last year too at times. So especially during that AC Leonard suspension that we mentioned, he had a good year and a good preseason. So no reason that he shouldn't be the guy that slides into that spot when Charles needs – his veteran breathers. It makes me almost wonder too if, I mean, it'll be at the end of the year now. It won't be halfway through the year. But after those NFL cuts, if a uh, full Jonathan Woodard will come back too, and maybe uh, wear some green later in the year. That's right? a big question too. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the defensive tackles, you have Garrett Marino, who's making his return after a season-ending injury last year, right. in the Banjo Bowl, I believe game he was also ejected from I, I just remember him being scrappy and i'm on i'm on board for it man if you're playing d-line scrap it up i think he was starting fights in training camp already too so just love it's just better to have that love guy having those scrappy guys on that the dude needs to be on your team you hate him if he's on another team he's on your team that's your guy yeah exactly uh on the other end we have anthony lanier guy who got snapped last year too big um just natural nose tackle so it'll be interesting to see how those tackles play just because yeah. they're not both the most starter with the most starter experience, right? 
But I mean, like that's the good thing. Good thing about the interior is like, if you're a strong dude and you can plug those gaps, you'll be all right. Especially if those edge rushers come to play, right? Moving and I mean, on. I guess it's also good. Like I said, when you got these three guys behind you that are starting. Oh, yes. Moving on to probably my favorite part of this entire team, this entire 2022 riders roster, the linebackers. It has been talked about all preseason that the riders have four starting linebackers and only three spots to play linebackers in. So that is not a bad problem to have. To start the year, it will be Larry Dean at will, Darnell Sankey at middle, and Derek Moncrief at Sam. That's spicy. Oh, that's spicy chili. That's spicy right there. Moncrief just such a such a solid Sam linebacker, right? Can cover cover like a DB, right? Can play in the box like a safety, like you got Darnell Sankey, who I'm very excited to see. Just an absolute tackling machine. Proved that last year in Calgary, just unbelievable. And then a guy who I think was a little bit understated for how good he was during those good Hamilton years, but Larry Dean's really solid. If he's back fully from that Achilles, I think it was last year, he's going to be really, really helpful to have on that will spot. It's interesting to see with the hash marks being moved in this year, that will linebacker has a lot more onus on them and they move into a bit more of a Sam role where they have a lot more room to cover on that. Cause that short side of the field is wider than it's ever been. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if Larry Dean can get out there and make the plays. I, I heard it talked about on the preseason games for a will linebacker to get out there and cover a curl route is way longer than it has been in previous years to get out there and break up that pass or make that tackle. It's it's a long run now. I'd be interested to see how they they play that if they even depending on who they're playing and what the situation is. Yeah. If they almost move Moncrief to that side, you know what I mean? Exactly. And just give Larry Dean not as much man responsibility, obviously, but the shorter zones, right? Exactly. Darnell Sankey too in the preseason. It was talked about in camp too. That guy's just flying all over the field. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see if he can make some of those wider plays from the middle right. spot as well. I mean, we we know he's cleaning up in the middle though. That's what we oh. know. So that dude makes tackles. Yes. I'm just I'm so happy with this linebacking core. Yo, I, man. And adding in the fourth guy, Micah Tights, who was the most outstanding Canadian for the Riders last season. Um starting the season on the six game injured list. So we won't see him for a few games, but just a guy who will either take that spot back from Larry Dean, if he shows enough or rotate in with one of those guys needs a breather. Yeah. Six is good problem to have that that guy might ride the bench, right? Right. Moving on to hate to say the weakest part of our defense, but it is the weakest part of our defense and the most unknown part of our defense. And that's the secondary. I think it's... Jamie Nye has a good depth chart here for our secondary. I think this is how it's going to go, but we won't really know until we get the official depth chart tomorrow or if you're listening to this the day it comes out today. But what we have here is at 
corners, we have uh, Nick Marshall and Godfrey Onyeka at halfbacks. We have Roland Milligan and, oh, what's Clark's first name? Clark. I just call him Clark. Clark. We'll figure it out. And at safety, we have Mike Adam. I don't, I, I don't hate this, honestly. I, I was concerned about our secondary going into the year, going into the preseason. I see this now, and I'm not as concerned. I, th- I think I don't love the depth of it because it's not incredibly deep. But like, yeah. I trust that Jason Shivers, being a defensive back himself, understands how good these guys are and how to use them. Yeah. And I mean, it always helps to have a guy, a really seasoned vet like Mike Edelman in the back end, right? Nick Marshall, we know too, is a solid defensive back. We have talked about his poor efforts tackling, listening to Craig Dickinson's pregame interview today. And one of the reporters had asked him, he said, Nick Marshall has uh said that he, he'd like to improve on his tackling uh would you agree with that craig and craig said yes yes i i would i would definitely agree that nick marshall needs to improve his tackling yeah, no kidding. but you can't understate how good in coverage he is and i mean how long has he been with the riders now four or five years four, four years. or five years yeah has the rec the team record in pick sixes so yeah, there's, there's nothing you can overlook with how good he is, his ball skills, the way he's an athlete, the way he can read a quarterback, being a former quarterback. But, like, yeah. God, I just hate to watch him just miss those tackles like crazy. But the guy's solid, right? Roland Milligan uh, came to the team last year uh, off an NFL stint with – Detroit for a few years in 17 and 18. And then after that was with Indianapolis, I think played a lot of special teams, but did get in there on the defense every once in a while as well. So he's got the CFL. He's, he's understanding the game now as he's been in here for a preseason and the, and the playoff run last year. So he knows what he's doing. Be interesting to see if he can get into that defense and make a difference. I feel like Milligan's the kind of guy that like, is the classic CFL story. A guy that's like really solid, but just can't get utilized in the right way with the right team in the NFL. And then he learns the CFL game and you see the kind of athlete that he really is, right? I feel like this is going to be one of those guys who probably is going to be a really solid starter in the CFL for six or seven years because he's that kind of coverage talent, right? Then Jeremy Clark at the other half did get in there last year as a starter and made a difference, had a couple picks, I believe, and showed a lot of good things at half. I think he had the job locked up at, 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 at one of the halves to start the season for sure. Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember ever thinking like, Oh, Christ sakes, Clark, what are you doing out there or anything? Yeah. Right. And like, which is as good as a compliment as you can give a defensive back. If you don't notice them, they're probably doing their job. Well, right. Exactly. Best DBs have no stats. Right. 100%. That wraps up the Riders roster. I like it. Yeah. I think this is a team that can definitely win a great cup. Like I said, the, the few spots that concern me is just on Yeka at cornerback. I don't totally trust. 
Yeah. And then as long as those defensive tackles are solid, we'll be good, right? Yeah, exactly. Let us know what you think over on our socials. We'll be posting a couple clips from the pod, so get in the conversation uh, at the booth EC on both of those. So, um, And I also want to update everybody who listened to last week. The Riders did not sign Kevin Glenn. They did not. They didn't. I don't know where Kevin Glenn is. He needs a great cup still. I don't know what we're waiting for, but he is not on the roster for week one. Well, we can hope for week two. Hey, we're all, we're all, we're all thinking it. Let's just get pen to paper, right? Yeah. But it cannot be understated how excited we are that it is actually game day in the CFL. Holy cow. Tonight, as we record this, uh, Montreal and Calgary, Thursday night football, opening up the season. So as you're listening to this, you'll have known how the game ends. So we'll probably sound like fools. So, <laughs> yeah, but let's talk it. Dave, what are you feeling about this game? At least one of us look like fools and one of us won't, right? Right. But, um, for this game, it's interesting, right? Because we talked about this before we went on here. Yeah. Montreal upsets Calgary once a year. Yep. It's it's gospel in the CFL. I don't know why. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If it's Jonathan Compton, if it's – it doesn't matter who. Antonio Somehow the outlets. Pippen, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter. They'll walk in versus Calgary, look him in the eye. They'll play chicken with him and beat him. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't – and it's going to sound even more foolish because week one would be the time that you sneak up on him. But I just don't know if that's this time. It's tough to say because – I like what, what Kahari Jones is doing in Montreal. I like a lot of the talent in Montreal, but I don't trust the quarterback, whereas I trust Bo Levi Mitchell. And it just feels like week one, Bo Levi's going to show up. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I think this is – it's weird to say about a guy who's been in this league as long and has had as much of success as Bo has, but – it feels like it's maybe a make or break year for Bo for the rest of his career here. Um, coming off of in 2019, a uh, tough playoff loss to Winnipeg. And then last year, the overtime playoff loss to Saskatchewan with Bo didn't have a good game in the West semi last year through a lot of picks. I'd say like, yeah, I wouldn't even say like the last, couple of years i'd say last season was the season yeah. that worries you when you watch Bolivar, right he's had some bad playoff losses and performances but he was really shaky last year until the last like five or six weeks right yeah. and then to come out in that playoff game and just not play your best football is not great have a guy like mayor behind you too who came in when you got injured and had success is worrying as a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, and the heat's on. The heat's on, right? Especially when you can see in the distant future a 10th team coming into the league. and Oh, yeah, that's true. An expansion draft and one protected quarterback per team. Mm-hmm. You were in this position before, Bo, with Ottawa, and you were the one protected quarterback on a team that had – Kevin Glenn and Drew Tate. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's very reminiscent of that, right? Yeah, you, there's easily a world where Bo doesn't hold up his end as much as you'd like. They maybe they get beat out in the first round. Maybe they don't make the playoffs. 
and you see Bo Levi's on the block, right? Mayor's the guy of the future. He bo- he has Bo Levi, right? That's just how it'll be. Exactly. So it's going to be an interesting one. Start the season. Are we going to get the Montreal upset, or is Calgary going to start it rolling and try and get back in the Grey Cup? Dave, Listen, what's your I pick, pick here? I pick Calgary, right? I just you did. I trust the more, but like I said, it's 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 one of those ones where this is the most difficult game of the four for me to pick, but this is one where I easily could see Montreal winning this game, but I'm going with Kadeem Carey. I'm going with the stability of the Stampeders to win this one. I am going to pick the upset. I just think, yes, the gospel of the CFL, Montreal will win at least one. They're going to sneak up week one. They're going to take down Calgary. Vernon Adams is going to be better than people think this year. Still like said, get lost Calgary, Calgary is my least favorite. Calgary is my least favorite team. I hope they just get absolutely trounced. Yeah. We will find out in a short 17 minutes yep. this game kicks off. So yep. we will find out soon. And yes, either Dave's looking like a fool or I'm looking like a fool. Someone's a fool. Odds are I'm looking like a fool, but we can hope. Who's more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Oh. Some words of wisdom from Davey O'Doyle here yes, on the podcast. The old, the old Ben Kenobi conundrum, my friends. <laughs> Moving on to Friday Night Football. The kickoff of, they've been advertising it, Friday Night Football 25, the 25th anniversary of Friday Night Football in the CFL. It is Ottawa. And it is the defending Grey Cup champion, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Ah. Uh, I like what Ottawa has done in the off season. I like the changes they've made. Uh, adding Jeremiah Masoli at quarterback helps. It helps a lot. I yep. think Ottawa is going to have a very good year, but it's the defending great. It is the back-to-back defending great cup champion, Winnipeg blue bombers. And I don't it's, think Ottawa it's, it's hard gonna... not to pick Winnipeg just off of principle alone. You know what I mean? No matter how good the other team looks, we've seen Winnipeg dominate for, Last year, they dominated. And then the year before, get hot and win the cup, right? It's hard not to go with that. To go with, you know, Jackson Jeffcoat, Willie Jefferson, Adam Big Hill, Zach Caleros, that offensive line, on and on and on, right? It's hard not to take them. And it just seemed disrespectful to me to even think that Friday Night Football, 25 years in, the back-to-back champs would fall to Ottawa, right? Yeah, I'm going Winnipeg with this one. I think it's pretty confident that Winnipeg's going to take this one. And then we move on to, of course, our favorite game of the week. Saturday, the early game, Hamilton rolls into Regina to take on your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This is going to be interesting for a lot of reasons, besides that we're just like really invested in it, but the more I think about it, the more I'm not sure what Hamilton's going to be now. Yeah. You saw a lot of those guys leave. You saw the special teams coordinator. Um, Jeff Reinbold. Reinbold, yeah. Like, even he bailed out, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm not sure what is cooking in Hamilton, and I'm not sure that whatever's cooking is good. It's been good for a long time, and I'm not sure the home cooking in the Steel Town is as good as it was now. Some great new uniforms. Those gray ones are awesome. Oh, oh yeah. If you haven't seen Hamilton's yeah. new alternate uniforms that came out today, amazing. 
yeah reminiscent of the gray ones they had a few years back when everybody was doing the 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 alternate uniforms in the cfl but they are nice they're nice yeah i I think i'd agree i don't know what hamilton's gonna be and we've gone through this riders team and we know that they're gray cup contenders right coming into the season i mean what happened last time the gray cup was in regina it was a sea of green and it was fun so let's kick off the campaign strong i think the riders will um hamilton i'm i'm gonna throw out a hot take and i don't know if a lot of people will agree with this but jeremiah masoli and dane evans are better when they're on the same team the two of them as individual quarterbacks are better when they're on the same team right okay i just think that having the security of a guy can come in behind you and take over when you're not having a good game. Isn't there for Dane anymore. Right. He has to play good or you've got a true backup quarterback coming in behind you. Right. I don't necessarily agree with that. We'll see. I don't, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not sure I agree with it because I like Dane Evans a lot more than I like Masoli. Yeah. I could see it the, the Masoli way. I could understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same for Dane. But I will take a hot chain of or a hot take of my own, where they will hot take chain, and I'm going to say the Riders win by 17 plus, at least two scores. I think everybody's going to be too jacked up for it. All those receivers coming in, knowing how hot they are, the line is finally right. Fajardo's revved. The new guy Sankey Dean didn't play a game last year. He's back. Moncrief is back. Charleston Hughes is back. I think everybody's going to be revved up for it. And I think we win by 17 plus. That's what I think. I like it. I don't think we're going to win by that much. I'm going to say riders win by 10. That's fair. I mean, I could see it being like 38, 10. I could honestly see it. Well, what I would give for a 38, 10 home opener. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. I'm going 38, 10, whether it's right or wrong. I don't know. It's week one. So if we lose 38-10, it was week one. doesn't matter. I'll throw – okay, I'll throw a score prediction up too if we're, if we're going to score prediction. I'll go – oh, let's go thirty-one twenty-one. That's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I could – I could see that. That's probably honestly more realistic, but I, but I want a thirty-eight <laughs> ten. If so it's thirty-eight bad. ten, just understand I'm an oracle. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We move on to the last game of the week. The I'm going to call it sellout in BC because this is they might not sell out all a BC place, but this is you sold out the lower bowl. You had to open the upper bowl. This is a sellout. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, this is a sellout. Yes. Edmonton rolling into BC, take on the Lions. This is kind of a battle of the unproven's here. Yeah. The two unproven teams in the league. This is an Edmonton team that didn't win a single home game last year. And a BC team moving on from a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, this this might be the most interesting game of the week. Yep. I think, I mean, it's the battle of our bottoms in our, our power rankings, but it might be a 
it'll likely be a battle of the bottom in the West, but that makes for fun games. Yeah, so this one was the hardest one for me to pick when we did our yeah. pick them. So I went back and forth on this. I was like, there's really nothing for either team that really like sets it apart for me. It's like I ended up just going with BC. Yeah. Sure, Nathan Rourke looks fun and they're at home. And we have no idea it's always safe to pick at home and who doesn't have a brand new head coach, right? Yeah. So exactly. I picked BC, but like I don't really know how this is gonna go at all. I I have a hard time betting against Chris Jones a lot. Yeah. You just never know what that guy's gonna bring. He's gonna bring a great defense. You know that for sure. He's going to bring a defense that you don't know what they're going to throw at you. They're going to throw Deron Carter at you. Like, right. just don't know. So, for that reason, I'm going to go with Edmonton in this one. Um, but really, it's a coin toss. Yeah. Listen, week one, we don't know. Love it. It's yeah. Week one's the hardest games to pick because you haven't seen any of these teams on the field. Right. So, it's like the first three or four weeks of any football season, like, you have no idea. Exactly. Right. You don't know until a team is three and one, then you know, Hey, they're probably not bad. Yeah. Right. We don't know. We don't know. These first four weeks is going to be fascinating football to watch. It definitely is. I'm excited. That wraps up our week one pick them. That wraps up what I think is our week one episode of the CFL podcast. Our first week one episode. We haven't done a week one episode before True. in the books. Let's go. Dave closing thoughts. <laughs> Uh, right now we're like eight minutes away from kickoff. So that's going to be like probably 12 minutes or something real time. But like, Hey man, I'm, I'm fired up just to pop in the shower quick, grab a drink and then watch some CFL football tonight. Right. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. CFL's back CFL in June. It's been a long time since we have have had CFL in June. I'm all for it. As always, I've been Reese. He's been Dave. This has been the Booth Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Booth EC. Go get your merch, and we will see you back here next week to recap week one and talk about week two. Happy footballing. Thank you for listening to the Booth Podcast.